welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David continues the series on the great artisan with a look at the potter and the clay. Let's listen. Well, so it's a number of years back that I led a mission trip and we went to Kingston, Jamaica. And what was interesting about that trip was that 80 high school students attended the trip um, it was so large that we had to all stay on a college campus. That was where we could be housed for the week. But this college campus didn't really have dorms. Uh, instead, it had cottages that the students stayed in. And each cottage would fit four different people. And so it would be one leader and three high school students. And since I was the pastor of the trip, I got to decide who would room with who. So I know what you're thinking. Okay, David, if you got to decide then I'm sure you chose just three of the nicest, most respectful high school students, the ones you knew would go to bed on time. Those are the ones you picked, right? I say no. I picked two of the nicest high school students that I knew would go to bed on time. But I also picked one that didn't know anyone else in the group. He seemed standoffish, and he didn't really have friends on the trip, but he was coming on the trip, I think, for the service hours and because his parents made him go. And I was a little worried about him. I didn't want him to be completely alienated the whole week. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have him room with us too so I can help assimilate him into the group. And it didn't work. For about three-fourths of the week, he remained just closed off to the group, really kind of alienated, didn't open up, didn't want to share with anybody. And I was kind of sad by this, but also had a lot else going on, so it wasn't my whole focus. But then one night towards the end of the trip, uh, we're all laying in bed. I've turned off the lights. I'm exhausted and so excited for sleep. And, and then he pops up from his bed and he says, hey, David. I was like, yes. He said, what do you think about a $15 minimum wage? Now, I, I got to tell you, there are not many things that I was less likely to want to talk about in that moment than a debate about minimum wage. I just wanted to go to bed. That's really what my interest was. But what I realized is he's initiating conversation. It's about a random topic, but it's still, he was initiating conversation. He was opening up a little bit. So I turned on the lights, sat up in bed, and I was like, well, let's talk about this a little bit. We talked for about 10 minutes, and then the real reason that he wanted to talk came out. He changed subjects, he looked me in the eye, and he said, you know, David, that I think all of this stuff about Christianity is just ludicrous, right? He goes, I don't know how any rational person can believe it. Now, I was a little bit shocked, because again, I'm the pastor of the trip, and he's sharing all of this with me, but I was also thrilled. Thrilled because he was opening up. He was actually sharing his heart and what he was believing about faith. So we spent the next two hours in conversation about faith, about God, about Christianity. The other members of our little pod got into it as well. And it, to this date, is one of my favorite conversations that I've ever had because it went from a closed-off individual who wasn't sharing anything with anyone, to someone who was actually opening up and sharing their heart. And I bet you've had an experience like that before, too, where maybe you felt closed off, 
and then someone was able to break down your barrier. And all of a sudden, you had an openness in your heart. Maybe it was someone who took the time to really listen to you. Or maybe it was a time where you felt truly heard and understood. But I want you, in your minds, to think about that feeling of being closed off and then opening back up, because we've all had that experience. But what I want you to think about it in, in terms of is not your relationship with other people, although that is important, but your relationship with God. How can we open our hearts and ourselves more to what God is doing in our lives? You see, we're in week two of our new series titled The Great Artisan, where we're studying how is God like the great artisan in our life, crafting us, molding us, and in particular, I'm interested in figuring out how do we know how God is at work in us, doing that work. And I believe it's by staying open to the work of God in our lives. So to that end, we have a guiding metaphor today that's going to help us with this study. And it's the metaphor that you heard with the children's message of the clay and the potter. Uh, We see this first from the prophet Isaiah when Isaiah shares these words. He says, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all work of your hand. Now that is a metaphor that most of us are familiar with. We are the clay, God is the potter. But I think it's one thing to to hear that or to read that, and it's a different thing to really experience it. You know, unless you have actually done some sculpting or molding in your life, unless you've actually worked with clay, it's probably hard to get the full experience of what this is talking about. So, I didn't bring clay for everybody here, but we'll do the next best thing. Here's a video of someone working and molding clay. Let's show that now. So that's different than me working with Play-Doh. I mean, did you notice how many different forms that clay could take based off of what the potter was doing with the clay? That is what the scriptures are telling us God does with us. We are the clay, and God is the potter. God is molding us, shaping us from the inside out. That's the concept that I want to truly explore today, 
And remember, the question of how then we can remain open to that process and not closed off from it. So to that end, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper from another prophet, the prophet Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah shares a story of when God first shared this concept with him. Now, uh, Jeremiah uh, is in touch with God, and God asked Jeremiah to do something very unusual. And that's where our story picks up. It says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. Go down to the potter's house. Have you noticed that God doesn't often give all the directions at once? God does not say, go to the potter's house, and then this is going to happen. God simply relies on Jeremiah to trust him. He says, go down to the potter's house, and and then I'll tell you what comes next. And Jeremiah chooses to go. I think that's how God works in our lives, too. Where God will often give you the next step. And then will wait for you to take that step before giving you the step after that. And that's what we see in this situation. God says, Jeremiah, just go to the potter's house. And then I will tell you what will happen next once you get there. And so he's got a good, strong relationship with God. He's He's learned to trust God over time, and so he chooses to go. We're told now in Jeremiah's own words, he says, So, I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. Okay, so we have a problem here. The clay is marred. And what that means when clay is marred is it means that it's distorted or damaged in some way. Uh, What most likely happened was that the, the, the potter, like the video you saw, was shaping and molding the clay and then something went wrong. The clay became damaged, distorted. It became marred. Now what I want you to remember is that this is a story within a story, right? It's not just about a nice potter crafting some clay, but we know who everybody represents. We know the potter represents God, and the clay represents us. So the question that Jeremiah is facing here is what will God do with marred clay? Or, to put that another way, what will God do with damaged clay? humans. Because if we're the clay, then we have to admit we too are marred. We, at times, are not perfect. We have our imperfections. We have a tendency to to put ourselves first. We hurt those we love. Yes, none of us here are perfect. Our essence is marred. And so what will God do with marred clay? Will the potter just throw out the clay and start over? Here's what happens next. It says, So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Yes, we're told that the, the potter did not just throw out the clay in frustration and start over, but instead, the potter continued working, continued to shape and to form that clay until the damaged parts were fixed. And this 
is what God does with us. Yes, you may be marred, but you're in the hands of your creator. You have your struggles. We all do. We're marred clay. We have our struggles. Maybe you've dealt with self-image issues, or perhaps you've had a, a temper that you've had such a hard time getting away from, or, or maybe these last couple of months you've just kind of felt down or kind of felt hopeless. You have your struggles. You are not perfect clay. And when you came to church this morning, or when you chose to watch online and turn it on to your computers, you brought your struggles with you. We all did. We all have struggles. But the good news that we're seeing here in this scripture is that no struggle is too big for God. God expects us to have struggles. God expects the clay to have imperfections. And so, yeah, we may be lumpy clay with some rocks in it or, or not quite what we should be, but God, as the potter, recognizes this and commits to keep working, to keep shaping, to keep forming, to not just get frustrated with you and give up and say, ah, oh, you just can't get past this. God is going to continue to work. Because what we're seeing in this scripture is that no piece of clay is unusable in God's hands. Now remember, you are the clay. No human is unusable in God's hands. So the parts of you that you would consider broken, God's still working on those. Molding, shaping, forming. Here's how the story ends. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you as the potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. Now, I highlighted that word you because I want you to recognize that this story is about you. Just like the potter molds the clay into his chosen image, God can do the same thing with you. God wants to, to take your life and to mold it and shape it into a life that more closely resembles his son, Jesus Christ. This, this is truly great news. But I know what you may be thinking. You may be thinking, yeah, okay, I, I get that God wants to do that. God wants to mold me. God wants to shape me. But then why don't I feel that? Why don't I feel God working in me? We all have gone through seasons of life where we don't feel God at work in us. And so then we kind of throw up our hands and say, God, I thought you were the potter. Where are you? Aren't you going to shape me? Aren't you going to mold me? What now? Well, notice that I say God wants to mold you, that God desires to shape you. But it's not guaranteed that this process will happen because you have a part to play in this as well. And yet, we often run into a problem. And it's a problem that has haunted humanity since we were first created. It's a problem that I call the great role reversal. The role reversal being that we start to view ourselves as the potter, and we forget that we are, in fact, the clay. I bet that's happened to you before. I know that's happened to me before. 
I mean, we on our best days have an authentic desire to say, God, please mold me. Please shape me. I want you to work within me. But then there's also a lot of days where we say, okay, God, I've got this. You just sit by the sidelines. I'm molding and shaping my own life. I've got it. I am the potter. Going back to Isaiah, he describes this really well. He says, what sorrow waits those who quarrel with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it? Saying, stop, you're doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? I mean, this is a fabulous image for us to consider. I mean, consider something that was created. Maybe it was this water bottle, or maybe it was even one of these great shapen images down below of our communion ware. Can you imagine this saying to whoever made it, why'd you make me like this? You did this wrong. What were you thinking? It's a ludicrous image. And yet that's exactly what we do with God. I mean, have you ever complained to God about a particular way that you were made? Maybe you said to God, God, why'd you give me this personality? I mean, couldn't you have made me more outgoing like that person or, or more confident like that person? Why'd I have to be shy or why'd I have to be, and you fill in the blank? Or maybe it's not even about your personality, but just about how you look. You say, God, you could have given me any nose, but you gave me this one? Really? Couldn't you have done something better? Or God, when you were shaping this face, you couldn't make it a little more like Brad Pitt? Like, not completely, but just a little bit more. You know, when we complain about the way that we are created, Isaiah calls that quarreling with one's creator. Well, don't let us forget that we were intentionally crafted. We were designed by God. Even the parts of you that aren't your favorite. So instead of quarreling with one's creator, saying, you're doing it wrong. Why did you make me like this? How clumsy can you be? What if we simply allowed God to be the potter? You know, after all, God is the great artisan. And I think God knows what God is doing. So to allow God to shape us, to allow God to be the potter and us to be the clay, we need to have the right attitude. And this is the take-home for us today. The take-home of like, okay, in light of what we've studied in Scripture, here's my right attitude. The attitude that I am clay in God's hands. It's a recognition that I'm not the potter. That God is the only one who can do that job like it needs to be done. I am the clay in God's hands. What if you started every day simply saying to God, God, I am clay. I am in your hands. Mold me and shape me however you want to today. Wouldn't that change your entire attitude for your day? Now, if this is going to be successful, we need to recognize what makes clay successful. What makes for good clay? It's got to be pliable, right? It's got to be flexible. It, it, it must be willing to be moved and bent 
and shifted <clears throat> in your hands. And what's the opposite of that? Well, I mean, you wouldn't want to work with clay that was hard or, or rigid or inflexible. You wouldn't be able to work with that. But have those words ever described your stance towards God? Where God was trying to do something in you, but maybe it stretched you and made you feel even uncomfortable, and so you became hard and rigid and unmoving, saying, God, no, I'm not going to let you do this in my life. We want to be flexible clay, saying, okay, God, I truly am yours, and so whatever you choose to do in my life, I will do. Remember back to our opening story of that student who is so closed off, but then decided to actually open his heart. This is what our stance should be towards God. When we say, God, I'm open. Whatever you want to do in me, please do. Because I recognize that you, God, are the great artisan. You are the potter, and I am simply the clay. That is what the scripture encourages us to do today. Really, to take on that identity of the clay being willingly used by God. So, instead of trying to craft God into our image, saying, God, this is what I want you to do in my life, this is how I want you to look, let's simply allow ourselves to be crafted into God's image. You, God, are the potter. I am the clay. And just as the clay finds its highest purpose by being pliable in the hands of the potter, so will you find your highest purpose by allowing yourself to be molded and shaped by God. May it be so. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.